Our footprints always follow us on days when it's been snowing. They always show us where we've been, but never where we're going. Winnie the Pooh. It was a brittle, early February night in southwest England, 1855. This winter had been an especially cold one, with heavy snowfall and temperatures hovering at freezing for weeks on end. With another impending snowstorm coming later that night, the residents of Devon County secured their livestock, battened down the hatches, and tucked in for another long and snowy night. We aren't sure when exactly the report started coming in, but sometime on this night of February 8th, and perhaps the following couple of days, word quickly spread of mysterious footprints suddenly appearing in the snow around the ex-estuary in South and East Devon. These weren't any ordinary tracks. They appeared to be hoof marks, measuring around four inches long, three inches across and between eight to 16 inches apart, appearing mostly in a single file line. These footprints, or hoof marks, as the case may be, were reported from over 30 locations, covering a total distance between 40 and 100 miles. Who, or what, could possibly travel that distance on foot in a single night? Adding to the mystery, the tracks traveled right over obstacles rather than around them. Whereas someone might typically walk around a building or a large object, these footprints were shown to have walked right over high walls and snow-covered roofs. They traveled over houses, haystacks, and rivers. They traveled right up to doors. They led up to and exited from drain pipes. An excerpt from a news column dated February 18th from an 1855 issue of Bell's Life in Sydney reads, It appears on Thursday night last, there was a very heavy snowfall in the neighborhood of Exeter and the south of Devon. On the following morning, the inhabitants of the above towns were surprised at discovering the footmarks of some strange and mysterious animal endowed with the power of ubiquity as the footprints were seen in all kinds of unaccountable places, on the tops of houses and narrow walls, in gardens and courtyards, enclosed by high walls and palings, as well as in open fields. The superstitious go so far as to believe that they are the marks of Satan himself, and that great excitement has been produced among all classes may be judged from the fact that the subject has been descanted on from the pulpit. Close quote. Local residents and village folks were indeed spooked by the many accounts of the footprints, which were dubbed the Devil's Footprints, or the Tracks of Satan. And fearing that the devil himself, or another unknown sinister demon or cryptid of some sort, might be roaming around, people avoided going outside, especially at night. In a letter to the Illustrated London News, that was interestingly marked not for publication, the hooves were described as follows. Quote, the marks which appeared on the snow, which lay very thinly on the ground at the time, 
and which were seen on Friday morning, to all appearances were the perfect impression of a donkey's hoof, the length four inches by two and three quarters inches. But instead of progressing as that animal would have done, or indeed as any other would have done, feet right and left, it appeared that foot had followed foot in a single line, the distance from each tread being eight inches or rather more the footmarks in every parish being exactly the same size and the steps the same length. Close quote. So in other words, the footprints did not appear how footprints normally would, from quadrupedal, ungulate-type animals. But they were more in line with how a bipedal creature such as a person might walk. And according to this account, the reports of the characteristics of the prints stayed consistent among the various places they were reported from. Other than a collection of first- and second-hand accounts of the incident, there is unfortunately very little direct evidence of the footprints or of the situation generally. In fact, the only known documents of the incident are a collection of letters belonging to a priest, the Reverend H.T. Ellicombe, who was the vicar of Clist St. George during the 1850s, these letters were addressed to the Reverend from his friends and were reported to include evidence such as various personal accounts as well as tracings of the footprints. Nearly 100 years later, in 1994, the researcher Mike Dash collected all available primary and secondary source material and presented it in a book entitled The Devil's Hoofmarks, Source Material on the Great Devon Mystery of 1855. As can be predicted, many theories surround this incident of the mysterious footprints of 1855. Some people doubt the footprints actually extended as far as 100 miles, and others, due to the varying eyewitness descriptions of the prints, question if some of the accounts of sightings were actually hoaxes, or if what people were seeing were from various creatures such as donkeys, ponies, or even wood mice. But considering this thought, it still doesn't account for the sheer number of reported sightings of the tracks, as well as how geographically widespread these reports were. Among the more prevalent theories include a balloon. Author Jeffrey Household reported a local man told of an experimental balloon, perhaps a weather balloon or hot air balloon, that was released from the Devonport dockyard at around the time of the incident. The tracks were made by two shackles that were trailing on the end of the mooring ropes of the balloon. This might explain the hoof-like shapes of the prints, but skeptics feel that the balloon couldn't have followed the zigzag course of the prints, as its trailing ropes and shackles would have eventually gotten caught in a tree or other obstacle. Another theory, at least as it pertains to the footprints on rooftops, is that they were made by hopping rodents such as mice. Oh, boy! When a mouse leaps, the footprint it leaves behind is similar in shape to a cloven hoof, due to the way its limbs move while jumping. This is one of the older theories dating back to the 1850s. The problem here, though, is that the prints seem to be quite a bit larger than what a mouse could produce. Some have suggested it might have been rain that hit the snow and froze. But this seems highly unlikely given the linear, uniform pattern of the tracks. One of the more exotic theories was that the footprints were made by a pair of kangaroos. Good day, mate. <laughs> Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. In a letter written in 1855 to the Illustrated London News, 
Reverend G.M. Musgrove, the vicar of Withycombe Rowley, wrote, quote, In the course of a few days, a report was circulated that a couple of kangaroos escaped from a private menagerie, Mr. Fish's, I believe, at Sidmouth. Close quote. Later, however, Musgrove admitted that he made the kangaroo story up to ease the concerns of his parishioners that the footprints actually came from the devil himself. Another early theory, dating to 1855, suggested that the prints belonged to badgers, as a badger leaves a footprint larger than its actual size. This theory further postulated that the tracks must have come from multiple badgers, as they would have been awake at night and hungry for food, thus leaving footprints all over the place. Curiously, 15 years earlier, in 1840, the Times reported a similar case of mysterious footprints in Scotland. The tracks didn't extend nearly as far as the ones in Devon, England, but there are definite similarities nonetheless. The account states, quote, Among the high mountains of that elevated district where Glenorchy, Glenlion, and Glenokay are contiguous, there have been met with several times during this and also the former winter, upon the snow, the tracks of an animal seemingly unknown at present in Scotland. The print of the foot in every respect is an exact resemblance of that of a foal of considerable size, with this small difference, perhaps, that the sole seems a little longer or not so round. But, as no one has had the good fortune as yet to have obtained a glimpse of this creature, nothing more can be said of its shape or dimensions, only that it has been remarked, from the depth to which the feet sunk in the snow, that it must be a beast of considerable size. It has been observed also that its walk is not like that of the generality of quadrupeds, but that it is more like the bounding or limping of a hare when not scared or pursued. It is not in one locality only that its tracks have been met with, but through a range of at least 12 miles. Close quote. Is there any connection between these hooved prints and the ones from England? What made these prints? Who made these prints? Where did they come from and where were they heading? Can this whole situation be summed up as a case of mass hysteria? Of folks succumbing to a sort of shared paranoia? Of people seeing, in actuality, a variety of different prints, but interpreting, perhaps without realizing it, what they saw as something connected? Or was there something more going on? Something stranger, something unexplained, and therefore something more frightening? We may never know what actually happened, but wherever the truth sits, the people of Devon, England, without a doubt, experienced something extraordinary one cold February night, 166 years ago. Were they the devil's footprints? Hmm. You tell me. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Immortal Souls podcast. For show notes, more information, pictures, or just to say hi... Check us out at our website, immortalsoulspodcast.com, Instagram, or Facebook. 
Five-star reviews are hugely appreciated and super helpful. Until next time, keep walking the roads less traveled.